Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I am Murray, and this week I am an agent of TV. <laughs> Short and sweet. Nice. Team, team viewing. <laughs> I've been getting caught up on season three of Titans and Doom Patrol. And Ooh. And they're good. Nice. Yeah. Doom Patrol is really good. Titans is is less good, but it's fine. It's fine for what it is. It's fine for what it is. <laughs> yeah, good enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is good enough. Well, I can is... scarcely contain myself to rush to my TV to watch it right now <laughs> with your glowing endorsements. It's not that it's, I mean, it is what it is. If you want something yeah. dark and gritty and cursy, Titans right. is for you. You know, on the other that's yeah, right. hand, you get live action crypto. You do get live action what? crypto. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a thing of beauty. Totally. Totally. Goodness. And yeah. I will say the yeah, person yeah. they got they got to play Donna Troy was perfect looking for the part. I mean, it's like Donna. Oh, it's like a George, George Prince's yeah. Donna just walked off, uh, you know, became real. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She's very, very good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. For sure. For sure. And I mean, they're all they're. It is a fine show if that's what you're looking for. And it's, you know, the it's it's fine. It's fine. I'm happy to be watching it. It's just not, <laughs> it's not like. It's not Doom Patrol. It's not Doom Patrol. Doom yeah, Patrol that's, is, a, that's a tough act to follow, for, for yeah, sure. That one is so, so wonky good. And this year they're really, or this season, season three, they're really kind of leaning into the silver age of it all which is which is oh, cool. nice yes yeah yeah i mean never ever ever in my wildest dreams did i expect that i would see a gargwax on tv oh my goodness no yeah, absolutely I, I gotta watch that soon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean yeah there's lots to like there's lots to like there that's me. Anyway, that's me. I'm getting caught up on the team shows. Very nice. Well, folks, I'm Paul French, and uh, today I am, um, well, the chief, uh, the, the the CCO, that's chief complaining <laughs> officer, of Cold Snap. Because nice. we, uh, we, it wasn't too cold today, but, you know, it was cold enough, I mean, but, uh, but, um, you know, it, it was you know warm enough to snow a little, and um, and uh, but we're supposed to get a nasty cold snap for the rest of this week. Yeah. And, uh, and I gotta say, you know, as I say, <laughs> I as a uh, um, you know the chief complaining officer of cold snap, um, you know, I can't openly like digging snow, not at present. <laughs> and uh, so um, you know, it, March can't get here fast enough. I'm just saying. Agreed. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. We just got to get through, like, we're in the two weeks where we get a storm. Like, there's always a storm beginning of February. Always, exactly. always, always. So, yeah. just got to get through that, and then then it'll be March break. 
then and yeah then, then we're just we're just counting counting down to to spring and summer absolutely <laughs> yes absolutely yep I'm looking forward to that myself mm-hmm. and before you say anything it's not been too warm here this morning i checked <laughs> it was 36 which for you guys is two yeah yeah that's yeah that's, so uh, that's, that's pretty great that's pretty close to you know snow time yeah it it, it yeah. is it, it, yeah absolutely and um a a more uh humid climb you might have been dealing with some of that yeah and, and if you uh, think darren talks about how you know, on the other show about how panic-stricken <laughs> they get in atlanta if they were going to get a flurry could you imagine here in central florida <laughs> yeah if yeah, that was exactly. to get that cold it would just be panic in the streets yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. They would have to bring in, uh, um, you know, uh, all of the superheroes to uh, to help solve it. <laughs> Just like when Brainiac attacked Metropolis in Panic in the Sky. <laughs> it would be like the final night, literally. It would be like everyone would be dealing with like final night. Like, oh my God, we're all going to die. <laughs> Where's Feralad when you need him? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. And, oh, any day now. <laughs> and, uh, remind me when we get to because I've got some feedback and uh, and oh. we actually get a little uh, a little um, uh, clarity on where Green Lantern was at at the time. Oh, good. oh that's good. That's good. Uh, good. 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 Alrighty. Well, I am Al, and this week I am a new member of Slugfest. Stories right. lionizing untold Golden Age figures, enduring sagas triumphant. Oh so I found out recently about the show on Roku channel called Slugfest, if you guys nice. know that one. Yes. No, I am not familiar with it. So Slugfest is what I can tell is based on the book Slugfest, which it is. Make you the yeah. title. Slugfest, inside the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. <sighs> so it's oh. 10 episodes. They're short. I haven't watched all of them yet, but they're short. They're like, none of them are longer than 10 minutes. Yeah, it was originally pitched for Quibi, and okay. uh, and so they had started production on it for Quibi, and then Quibi went out of business. And since Roku, <laughs> in since a week, Roku, but yeah, basically, and then since Roku was going to be was going to be uh, taking over all of those assets, they uh, they pitched it to over to Roku, and uh, and that's where it is right now. And yes. it's awesome. Oh, it is. I mean, they're just so Murray. They basically each episode is kind of like a little story from like different periods of comics history. Like the first one's called Nazis are bad. And it's about the creation of Captain America. <laughs> There's also an episode about, um, Jeanette Khan coming like the DC implosion and Jeanette Khan coming on to DC as, as to be the publisher. So it's kind of done like almost like, uh, unsolved mysteries was done in the fact like you have a narrator, Kevin Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they have, they mix between interviews with the actual people and actors like portraying, like, you know, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but the actors they get, okay, so we have Patrick Warburton plays Tom Fagan, who was the head of the Rutland from uh, Halloween Parades in Vermont. <laughs> you got Ray Watt, oh, oh, let's see, what's his name? Um, Brandon Routh plays 1940s Joe Simon. Yeah. Ray Wise plays 1970s Jack Kirby. Which is perfect. I mean, oh my God, that, that was amazing. Casting. That sounds really cool. Like Luke so a character in it. Um, <laughs> oh, and what what is her name? That played Jeanette Khan. Oh, um, from Firefly and Deadpool. 
Oh, uh, Marina Baccarin. Yes, she plays Jeanette Kahn when she comes on in the 70s. Oh, I can almost see that. Yeah. With a, you know, like a perm. With a perm, like a 70s yeah. Perm. yeah. <laughs> she that. Wig. But still, I mean, the cast is amazing. That's kind so. of cool. I am definitely going to have to check that out. Totally. I'll yeah, find it's pretty it fantastic. Yeah, cool. the, the Reverend Billingsley episode was hilarious. I love that one. I love that story. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've only I've only watched the first couple, but uh, it's yeah, it's great. Um, it, highly recommended. Yeah, definitely check it out, Murray. <laughs> I will. I will find it. I will find it. I will find it. <laughs> I'll cast my net, and it will show up. That's cool. Oh, that sounds really, really cool. Excellent. Excellent. Well, speaking of slugfest, that was a great uh, segue. Segue, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because that's what Trinity is. It is one big slugfest after another, after another, after another. <laughs> and we got Trinity number four, Dark Stars number 11, and they are continuing the slugging and the festing. Totally. Oh, yeah. It, is a cover by Travis Charest. Charest? Charest, I think. I think it's Charest, yeah. Yeah. And they're all standing and posing. and Yes, they are. <laughs> Some of them are posing more than others. <laughs> and uh, was... one of them is doing that impossible um, um, yeah. boob, uh, boob pose. Yeah, boobs out, bum yeah. out. Yeah. Shoulders back. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it is something. And they're all scowling. They are not happy. Yeah. I mean you would think they are on the cover. They get they get, you know, cover time. They should be smiling. They should be like This, this is, is the my official moment. picture. <laughs> That's this right. official picture. After this was the fun one. All right, totally. fun picture now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Serious pose, and now goof it up, guys. That's right. Totally, totally, totally. All righty. So this is an issue by Michael Jan Friedman. And we get a new art team of Mitch Bird and Ken Branch, which is probably like the fourth art team on this book. In oh, is that issues. right? Because yeah. wasn't it, wasn't it so. supposed to be? Oh, it was Larry Stroman at the beginning, wasn't it? Yep. Yep, for a couple of issues. But did then, I think did we say like Tribe came out a few after this one like a few months in? I think so, yeah. So yeah, I think oh, he was doing that. That makes sense. And there was Travis Charest, and I feel like there was another Paul. I want to say like Paul Pelletier or something. I think. Oh yeah, there. Paul Pelletier was in there for an issue or two. Pelletier, Pelletier. I heard there. Anyway, things. anyway, now we got Mitch Bird. He's going to be the new art team. Until he goes on to something else, Gardner. I think he goes on. To I think you, I think you're. Yeah, I, I, I was <laughs> just gonna say. I, I'm pretty sure he went on to do uh, uh, Guy Gardner Warrior. Yes, but I don't know how okay. far down the line that is at this point. It's a little ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a year or two, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All righty. So that's the creative team. We got Albert de Guzman, letterer. Steve Matson, colorist. And Brian Augustin and Ruben Diaz on edits. Mm -hmm. So we left off 
the dark stars had just arrived on Maltus, as requested by Docs. Yeah. <laughs> and they come zooming in, and Green Lantern is not having it. He's like, back off, Dark Star. Lobo and Captain Comet may have left you to handle me, but unless you're here to help me, then you've got a fight coming. And the Dark Stars are like, what the hell are you talking about? And we've got the the lady alien standing there, transforming the planet beneath them. Uh, and Hal says, I think it's Hal. Yeah. Yeah. I've got all the fighting I need and more. And the Dark Stars are like, who said anything about helping you? I'm here on Dark Star business. And Green Lantern reminds them that they've got no jurisdiction here on Maltus. And they kind of come back with, and you do? <laughs> Listen, Green Beans, you can blabber about who belongs here till you're green in the face. But one of those giants killed a Dark Star and her deputies. So if you want a shot at them, you'd muckin' well better get in line. Muckin, I think, is a new word. Yes. I don't know that we've heard that before. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mugla, yes. Yep, that's good. No. Yeah. Mugla has been around for a while. Totally. And here comes the next word balloon. There's one of the Muglas who <laughs> murdered Rihanna. Let's let her know we've arrived. So they start zapping the big blue, the big blue babe, and it's doing nothing. They are just a distraction. She calls them flying gnats, and she zaps them and sends them flying away. And then uses her transmutation powers. Uh, she's creating something out of air molecules, and she wraps up uh, the lady dark star, Carla. I think it's yep. Carla. Oh, that's what I call her. Some sort of, yeah, blue, blue solid gunk. So she goes fallen down. She can't get out of it. She can't stay aloft. She starts falling. And one of the deputies says, I could blast her out. And the main dark, dark star, Colin, Colin? I think it's Colin. Uh, yeah. Colas. Ferris. Colas, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Ferris. And I think yes. the other guy's called Mo. Yeah. Mo wants to blast her, and main dark star says, no, you might pulverize her in the process. Our only chance is to catch her. There's no time. We're not going to make it. And, of course, Green Lantern zaps up a big green hand and catches her gently, I'm sure. <laughs> and says, look to me like you could use a hand. But I'm bumped. He needs to like have like a little green uh, drum set that just is behind him doing the rim shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could see be Kyle Rayner doing like that. that. I could see Kyle Rayner doing that though with like Animal as like the drummer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally, see him making totally. that up. <laughs> and the Dark Stars are like, I bet you loved using that line. And he says, not nearly as much as I love doing this. And he gets like a drill and starts drilling through the blue gunk and rescues. Rescues Carla. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, I think. And Dark Star says, I suppose you expect me to thank you for that. I don't expect a thing, says Hal. I just saw someone about to die and I figured I could help. Look. You don't know what you're up against here. Brute power isn't going to work against someone who could make the Guardians quake in their boots. Maybe not, but it can't fail any worse than that ring of yours has done until now. Maybe it's time for a truce, Green Beans. 
What do you say we join yeah. forces against this ugly muglas? Join forces? Us. Huh. What the hell? I fought on the same side as Guy Gardner, and you're not half as obnoxious as he is. <laughs> <laughs> and so a truce is formed. <laughs> and then we check in. That's right. We check in on some of the uh, commanding crew of, of the Dark Stars. We get... Um, uh, Prigates, who is like, I don't know, like the chief, I guess, speaking with the director, Jedigar. I think that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I think Prigates, yeah. I think that was the name of the person Dox was talking to. Yes. That's yeah. what Dox called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the director says, yes, Prigates, and he says, something interesting, director Jedigar. Uh, and Jadigar is in no mood for games. If you've got something to tell me, then just spit it out. Yeah. So Prigget says, well, of course, it's just that I'm still so excited about this unique opportunity to address this sort of threat we seldom encounter in our regular rounds. And <laughs> the director's like, okay, snap it up, wrap it up here. <laughs> Sorry, director. I only thought you would like to know I have dispatched Agent Braun and a dozen other Dark Stars to the planet Maltus to prevent a Green Lantern from attacking three controller go gods called uh, the Triarch. And um, Jedigar is like, you did what? I thought you'd be pleased, Director, at my initiative, at my... It's not your job to exercise initiative, Prigates. You're supposed to relay orders. My <laughs> orders. Let's start at the beginning. How did you learn of the threat to Maltus? Uh, I was alerted to it by someone named Dox. He works for some sort of organization himself. I can't remember what he called it. <laughs> Vril Dox, the head of Legion. Yeah, that was it. Legion. Did I do something mm. wrong, sir? Just tell me what you, what Dox told you, Prigates, and do it quickly. Very quickly. And then we check in on Maltus, and we see Lobo, and he is duking it out with one of the other gods. Watch your Uncle Lobo now, you fragging kindergarten cadets, and I'll show you how the main man takes care of your typical omnipotent deity bastitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who is not bothered. <laughs> the perseverance of these insects is beyond belief. Beyond belief, Clank. <laughs> it is time to crush them once and for all. And Lobo says, of course, Rome wasn't demolished in a day, you know. And he jumps out of the way as, as a big, I don't know if he's stepping on him or if he just shoots a blast down. But either way, Lobo jumps out of the way. This could take a little longer than I thought, says Lobo. And while the planet is being wrecked, we get some of the recruits trying to rescue folks. Uh, hurry, Davroth, we can't hold this thing up much longer. They're trying to hold up a collapsing building. Keep your codpiece on, Ammon. I'm doing the best I can. And they're flying around, and they're getting the Maltusians out of the way. I hope that's it, because this building has had it. And little... Uh, Lydia says, no, there are a couple of Maltusians in there, but it comes crashing down too late. Uh, not anymore, there aren't, at least not the living kind. Mm -hmm. Wait, something's emerging from the wreckage. And it's not just something, Lydia. It is me. Captain Comet comes out 
carrying two little kids, and all is right in the world. And that's about it for the recruits. <laughs> they get the yeah, least yeah. screen time of anybody this <clears throat> season. Um, okay, so we are back uh, checking in on the command crew there. Uh, so someone is saying, we sent away to Maltus of all places. Maltus Administrator Jedigar, the home world. Okay, so we get the uh, administrator, and he is talking to the controllers. He is relaying to the controllers what has been relayed to him. So the controllers are to the Dark Stars what the Guardians are to the Green Lanterns. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. Totally. Now, the controllers, is this, I don't remember them looking. I know they've always been pink. I don't remember them having all the markings on their faces, but it's been a long time since I've seen a controller. Yeah, I, I don't know that they've ever been that consistent um, in the in in how they're portrayed, unlike the Guardians. Um, right. Right. Guardians, always big blue heads, bald. Yeah. And, and if you remember, like at one point, wasn't the um, the time trapper supposed to be a controller? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the one they catch in the uh, was it the one treasury book? Yeah. Wedding of Lightning Lad and Lightning Last. They catch him there. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that's the one that gets all his energy zapped up in the Great Darkness Saga. I think. Saga. saga. Yeah. Saga. 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 Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the controllers saga. are saying the home world. Exactly. At the suggestion of Vril Dox to stop a Green Lantern in his fight against a trio of giants called the Triarch. Any idea what this could be about, Honored Controller? Did you say the Triarch, Jedigar? An eternity ago, long before the Maltusian race gave birth to either the Guardians of Oa or to the Controllers, there was a Triarch. Uh, Zodar, the Destroyer, Quora, the Cultivator, and Archer, the Grower. An immortal triumvirate of unimaginable majesty and unbelievable power, sons and daughter of the creator guard, Dalon, Dalon. Uh, according to legend, the triarch of younger guards turned on their father, rebelling against his heretofore unquestioned authority, and in the end, murdered the one who had given them life. But they were horrified by their crime and ravaged by shame and self-loathing, they found they could no longer look upon one another, and so they abandoned Maltus, scattering it to the farthest corners of the universe. So we get the quick recap there. Yeah. Uh, however, it's said that the Triarch will someday return in order to fulfill their ancient promise, the leveling of Maltus, so that it can be recreated in accordance with the ancient harmonies that graced it so many eons ago. Harmonies that, unfortunately, do not allow for the ongoing existence of the Maltusians. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to break a little eggs, I guess. Yeah. But there are legends, as you say. These are legends, as you say. What have they got to do with what's happening on Maltus now? And the controllers say, you don't understand, Administrator Jedigar. We cannot be certain the triarch, triarch did not exist. In this case, the legends may be true. 
then Prigitz was actually right to send the Dark Stars to stop the rogue guard, or Green Lantern at any cost? No, human Jedigar or Huvan Jedigar. No one may lift a hand against the Triarch. The prophecies predict that resistance will mean even greater misfortune, death, and destruction, which will spread to the farthest reaches of the cosmos. Not only must the Dark Stars not oppose the Triarch, they must prevent others from doing so. Do you understand what you're saying, Honored One? We understand completely, Jedigar. No matter what the cost, the Triarch must proceed or unhindered. I disagree. And as you know, mine is the only opinion that counts. (laughs) (laughs) But I will bow to your wishes for the time being, because we've got three more chapters to go. (laughs) If only to thwart whatever plot Brill Docs had in mind. No peace. Jedigar out. (laughs) So we're back on Maltus, and the Green Lantern, and the Dark Star are... Uh, still kind of flying around. Uh, Lady, what's her name? Quora? I think she's Quora. Yeah. We don't seem to be making much headway, but even a god has to have a weakness. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Hang on a minute. Maybe we've been going about this all wrong. Even if this god can hold up under our barrage, the products of her labors probably won't. If we can ruin some of her handiwork, it may slow her down a bit, make her retrace her steps, and give us more time to think of a way to stop her permanently. That sounds good to me. So that's exactly what they do. Uh, They start zapping and wrecking all the beautiful green trees she's been creating. (laughs) And she says, what do you think you're doing? This is the Triarch's work. It is sacred. You must desist. Make us tall, blue, and ugly. And she just says, I say stop, and zaps everything and starts to rebuild, I guess, what they had just wrecked. Looks like your idea worked, Dark Star. Yeah, maybe too well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems Sodar was right. We must not waste time with beings of so little significance. We have to brush them aside. Like the annoyances they are. So she tries to zap them and Green Lantern protects them all with the big green shield. Uh, Fortunately, this god's not as fleet-footed as some I've heard of. Or we'd all be T-Jal by now. Which is probably slang for dead or (laughs) something. And then the rest of the Dark Stars arrive. Kolos, what the Drax do you think you're doing? And we get to meet some of the other Dark Stars. Braun, Munchuk. Did Prigget send you two? He sent us all right to stop the Green Lantern. Orders come from Jedigar himself. We are not to oppose the Triarch. What? Not to oppose them, says Green Lantern. They're going to destroy this planet. Those are our orders. And the Dark Star does what he's told. And Hal just flies it off. Have it your way. I work better alone anyway. And the Dark Stars are like, stop him. So they all follow along. They're like little soccer players right now. Yeah. <laughs> <Green Lantern laughs> is the soccer ball. We must not stand in the way of the Triarch. Are you all crazy? That's coming from the main Dark Star there. And he yeah. gets... I guess it's Hal that gets zapped there. Yeah. Hal gets zapped and he collapses... And 
main dark star says, what's going on here? You said our orders were to stay mm-hmm. out of the Triarch's way. Nope, more than that. We're to prevent the Green Lantern from stopping them as well. You don't know that one. He won't give up, not as long as he's sucking breath. We've got no choice, Kolos. Dark stars have never questioned orders, and we're not about to start now. So then we check in with Legion, and we've got FaZe and Stealth and Docs, and they're kind of flying around exploring stuff. Uh, here's where the Triarch's paths all lead to this strangely shaped mountain, and yet they haven't transformed it as they've transformed everything else. Yeah, yeah. And Stealth says, does it strike anyone as strange that the mountain is the only high ground around here? It's as if someone built it long after the rest of the terrain was formed. And Doc says, Stealth, check for signs of sentient life inside. Inside it? Hell, I'm checking, but it seems like, a huh, there is life down there, about 100 feet below the surface. And FaZe says, damn it, Docs, what do you know that you're not telling? You'll mm. see for yourself soon enough. There's always something. There's always there's, something. That's there's a right. lot of stuff he's not te- he knows he's not telling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So oh. while they're flying down to explore, uh, Docs is saying, Beck, this is Docs. What's the situation in the city center? They're being casualty. No casualties yet, thanks to us. And... Forget about the casualty report. What's happening with the Green Lantern and the Dark Stars? Last I looked, they were ganging up on Quora, and his hair is like... <laughs> Mitch Bird got the memo that, uh, <laughs> that Beck has tall hair. This is yes. he, Which one is a kid or play? <laughs> I don't know, but it's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> that is tall hair, man. Holy smokes. Wait, the Green Lantern is down at the hands of some newly arrived Dark Stars. And Docs is thrilled. He's like, excellent. Everything is going according to plan. What's that all about, says FaZe? What are you up to now? What does it look like, FaZe? I'm going in. And he crashes right through the mountain they've been exploring. And they get inside. And it's all uh, techie and, and lab-like. What is this place? Unless I'm mistaken, says Docs, and we both know the odds against that. It's a remarkably old tomb. (laughs) A tomb with laboratory equipment? Before it was a tomb, it was a laboratory. Why is that so difficult to understand? (laughs) (laughs) Docs, Docs, Docs. Yes, everyone is ten steps behind you. Exactly. <laughs> Stealth is like, all right, it's explanation time, Docs. I'm not going another step until I know what this is about. Very well. You want to know who we're here to see? It's the father of the gods, the entity who gave life to Archon, Aquara, and Zodar. And as we've already determined, that, that entity is still alive in there. Ooh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we are back out on the surface of the planet, and Quora is saying, ah, I see you've come to your senses as it should be. I can resume my holy labors unimpeded, and she starts to walk off. Wait a minute, what are we doing here? That's one of the muglas that killed Rayanna, one of us. And um, the Dark Stars tell her, Rayanna died doing her duty, Kolos. 
just like this lantern is doing his. And right or wrong, he shouldn't have to die for it. And the dark stars say the galaxy is a tough place, Farron, a dirty place. A plate to keep order. We've got to do some dirty things. If you don't have the stomach to carry out this assignment, step aside for someone who does. Uh, sorry, old friend. I'm not stepping aside. Orders or no orders, the green dandy and I have got business with the triarch. If you want him, you're going to have to go through me. Fine with me, Dark Star. You've uncovered your ancestral lichen bed. Now spawn in it. <laughs> Alrighty, that's a new one. So yeah. they have a little blasty, blasty fight, and Green Lantern kind of snaps out of it. Dark Stars helping me against his fellow Dark Stars. Um, and Carla says, this is ridiculous. We should be fighting to bring down the Triarch, not each other. I don't think they're listening, Dark Star. And we don't have time to conduct a seminar on the subject. Yeah. <laughs> so he creates like a... I don't know, a blast of some kind. A fancy... Uh, oh, it looks like he made like a little mace or something. Yeah, he's sending the mace into the collection of dark stars there to just kind of plow through them. Uh, this isn't right. These are supposed to be good guys, for God's sake. And yet, what choice do we... And he gets zapped. We have no choice, Mo. No choice at all. We've just got to keep on battling these dark stars and hope that Legion can stop the Triarch. <laughs> so Green Lantern's flying around while uh, uh, Bran, is that his name, is uh, grabbing onto his leg. <laughs> and not so fast, you green-suited pansy. Now yeah. that you're not hiding behind Col Colos and his deputies, Chaser Bran wants a word with you. Not Bran, Bran, Bran. <laughs> there we go. Take your cruddy mitts off of that lantern, Pooh's head. Mm. All right. Wonder who that could be. It's time for the rest of the Green Lanterns to show up. You're about to get thrashed. And on that last page, we get oh, a couple of Green Lanterns there flying in. What is that guy's name? The guy that's always calling people Poozers. Kilowog. 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 Kilowog has made an appearance and... Uh, round thing with a mohawk. <laughs> I think he's famous-ish. I don't remember his name. I don't know. I'm my green pretty sure all the, that well. the female one on the right of Kilowogs to the right of Kilowog is uh, Bradica. She was one of the newer ones from the series. Right. Yeah, uh, Budik. Yeah, Budik. Like out of um, like when they did like uh, Green Lantern Quarterly or whatever. Right. Here, there. Right, right, right. And, um, and I can't remember the, the big golf ball. Um, That's right. A golf ball. It's not Chip. Um, no. Chase Alon? Oh. Maybe. That's what I, I'm saying that in my head, but I also think there was one that looked like him previously. So that might have been the one. It's either the same one or that Chase Alon might have been the one that died previously. That's fair. Yeah. Because I think they had one that looked like him before, you know, Crisis and everything. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Well, either way, we will find out next week in Green Lantern 45. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, my goodness. that is it. That, well, that is it. Well, that was fun. Um, I will uh, not take it. That, that segues nicely into a little bit of... Um, 
uh, feedback that we got from Mo Walker. Uh, he says, Greeting, uh, greetings, Legion podcasters. Now that you have reached Trini- Trinity, should listeners now call you the Triarch? If so, <laughs> which of you are Quora the Creator, Art- Artor the, uh, the Sustainer, and Zodar the Destroyer? Well, I think Murray's the Creator because he's the one who makes this happen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Al is the sustainer because he, you know, he shows up every week, and I'm the destroyer because I, I, he, you know, man, just all over the place. <laughs> there we go. I'll take it, man. Um, I will take it. That's fine. Uh, well, Plus, I yeah. look great in blue, and I look great in blue and green robes like she does. So you know, see, there you go. There you go. Uh, I didn't remember which one was which. I might, I might add. Um, Who cares? Uh, Mo says, uh, I'm having a blast listening to you uh, revisit this event and glad you're covering one issue each episode. When Trinity was initially published, I was only reading Dark Stars, primarily because of Larry Stroman and Travis Charest. I was on a break from Legion and only cared about Green Lantern after Coast City was decimated. Um, (laughs) And that wouldn't be long. Um, And um, uh, given the amount of backstory that needed to occur... I can appreciate the slow buildup over parts one to three. I wonder if this was an editorial decision or the writers. Given the writers involved, Wade, Friedman, and he who shall not be named, I'm sure they realize that many of the characters involved are not household names. Um, in episode, yeah, I think I think that what they were going for was, hey, let's uh, get our cosmic characters together. Um and uh, you know, trying to build that sector of the uh, of 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 the DCU. Um, um, he adds in episodes eighty two and eighty four, you all touched upon Hal's trajectory and the subplots that disrupted the flow of Green Lantern forty three. Yeah, um, and uh, and so he sent a link, um, and I'll and I'll get to sort of some of the details there in just a moment. But below is a link uh, outlining the alternate take on El- Emerald Twilight. Had he sh- he who should not be named continued on the book, it may have uh, it may be of interest and help add a bit of historical context to the GL issues. Looking forward to seeing how Docs manages to manipulate this event to his own ends. I mean that's that's kind of what uh, what Fox does, right? Yeah, so, that's, his thing. that's his jam. Um, so it turns out uh, that the original plan. Um, now, uh, it, you know, it, it, the original plan for it. Um, well, the the whole thing was, you know, Green Lantern was really struggling in the late eighties. Um, and, uh, and in fact, they didn't even have their, uh, the Green Lanterns didn't even have their own series. Uh, they were running in Action Comics Weekly with the odd special here and there. So Hal Jordan wasn't, you know, he, he was not, you know, that big a deal at the time. Um, then in 1990, they, they launched Green Lantern Volume 3. And uh, this is the He Who Shall Not, Shall Not Be Named with, uh, um, and they would have like, um, uh broderick with uh, and bruce patterson which always was a great mix as far as i was concerned mm-hmm. um and uh and and they would kind of alternate issues and so then you'd, you'd have like um 
they would do like an arc with each of the three main Earth Green Lanterns at the time. So you would get like a here's here's a um, a, a three issue Hal story with art by Broderick, then um, a John Stewart story with uh, art by Mark Bright, and um, and then Joe Staten doing a few issues of Guy Gardner. Um, Anyway, uh, it says here your mileage may vary on that run and what it did for the EGL franchise, but the gist of the run is showing how old Hal Jordan is. He spends most of the series as an old drifter wandering the country with some fresh grayed hair. It's by no means an exciting book with Hal as the lead. Um Anyway, so the series runs for several years with the writer always battling with uh, his editor, Kevin Dooley, about its contents. Meanwhile, in the return of Superman story, Hal Jordan's hometown, Coast City, is destroyed by cyborg Superman and Mongol. Um, and then, of course, uh, gets followed up on in Green Lantern 46 and 47. And then the last page of, of 47, which is right before Emerald Twilight, there's this whole thing about, um, you know, how kind of trying to uh, to come to terms with it. And um, and that works out so well for him. And, and so, <laughs> yes. it says, so it says, like, from that last page, Hal certainly seems okay with everything that happened, and he's ready to move on to some other story. Doesn't seem like he's going to lose it and go crazy over the loss of Coast City, does he? And it's then <laughs> that is because Ron Mars's Emerald Twilight was not originally as it uh, was was not originally planned. Um, there was a, another version of Emerald Twilight that was planned because they knew they were coming up to the uh, um, to issue 50, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was a house ad um, that Kevin McGuire had drawn, and it says, we killed Superman, we broke Batman, Green Lantern is next, Emerald Twilight, 48, 49, and 50, starting in November. And uh, and so the original previews that were sent out um, were supposed to have different artists. It was uh, some guy named Cobbs uh, was penciling and uh, Romeo Tangal was going to be the inker. And um, he who should not be named is the uh, as the writer. The original uh, preview text was Superman and the Justice League gathered by Green Lantern's side as Hal confronts the horror of the destruction of Coast City. Meanwhile, on Oa, the Guardians of the Universe find themselves fighting a lethal battle against the Guardians of the Universe. Um, <laughs> at 49, Green Lantern is caught up in a battle raging between two equally powerful groups of the Guardians. Hal's side loses, and the winner's first act is to take away the Power Ring's 24-hour time limit and the Yellow Impurity. Their second act is to appoint a new leader of the Green Lantern Corps. Guess who, guys? That's Guy. right. Sinestro. No, Sinestro. Oh, Sinestro. Yeah. Uh, this issue leads directly into the landmark Green Lantern number 50, a major turning point for the series. Or as Darren is fond of saying, a bold new, new direction. direction. Trademark. And so we almost got like a, a whole different plan. And so the original um, synopsis was that, um, you know, the... Coast City's been destroyed. Hal and Carol have broken up. And so he realizes he can't find the roots that he wants on Earth. So um, he's inspired by memories of the dead, especially his father, to become a better hero. 
So this kind of, you know, take taking off from uh, Emerald Dawn, right? Um, and so the idea was that, you know, he's going to find, affirm himself first and foremost as a Green Lantern, finding his community in the core. But when he goes to Oa for the big swearing-in ceremony of all the new GLs, a new group of Guardians appears, claiming to be the true Guardians. So these new ones claim that the old ones are imposters who plan to use the GL core to reduce the universe to chaos. The old group says, no, that's the, uh, you know, the new ones are imposters who plan to use the street <laughs> entrance to subject the universe to tyranny in the name of order. Adding uh, credence to the new guardian, if you'll excuse the expression, <laughs> claim, and raising the stakes are the Zamorans, convinced that they are their husbands. Uh, the Zams are about to give birth to the ultimate cosmic children whose power will be such that whoever controls them can control the cosmos. And Hal right. figures out who's the real guardians by figuring out which ones say, kill us all. And they go, you must be the real ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hal, who knows the guardians as no other GLs do, having seen the old timer at his most human and vulnerable and blah, blah, blah. Um, he basically has a choice. Break with the GL core, which is now his only hope for community and belonging, or collude with something he feels will reduce the universe to tyranny. And he chooses, obviously, to uh, to break break away from them. So he enters the battery to increase his power, fights the core, and takes the old Guardians into hiding as he seeks a way to convince the, his fellow GLs uh, to beat uh, the new Guardians. So the stakes are high. If he's right about the new Guardians, but they win, then the universe is doomed. If he's wrong about it and he wins, then he's doomed the universe. And if he's wrong and he loses, then the universe is okay, but Al is ostracized from the only group that means anything to him. So much pressure, right? <laughs> so they, they announced uh, Sinestro was the leader, and, uh, you know, because he's all about order. And, right. um, um, as was, you know, kind of reestablished in Emerald Dawn. Um, <clears throat> and um, and so he starts a program of good but ruthless acts, like destroying the Kund homeworld. Um, which, you know, wait a second. Um, <laughs> then he sends his only ally, Star Sapphire. Hal sends his only ally, Star Sapphire, to appeal to her fellow Zamorans. And uh, she learns some, th some things about the way the new Guardians convince them um, of their legitimacy and suggests that the power behind the new Guardians is entropy. Um, and so anyway, so it goes into this whole thing about how uh, the whole idea of it is, um, um, well, basically, he doesn't go nuts and kill everyone. Right. So uh, that, that's the bottom line. And it was supposed to be a whole thing where the old guardians show up um, in the end and tip the battle. They snatch the babies from entropy at the last moment. These are the Zamoran kids. Um, and then. Um, Zamoran and, kids sounds like it's supposed to be the show that's on after Muppet Babies on Saturday. I, I, think, totally. it is. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, so this all ends and I'm skipping over a lot. But, and I recognize I recommend. Uh, uh, people check it out. It's at, at uh, dcinthe80s.com and just look for the other Green Lantern. Um, and um, anyway, so so Hal fought for the Guardians because it was the right thing to do, but he can't go on because it turns out he finds out that they're cosmic manipulators who killed his father. 
uh, of course. And um, they say they don't do things like that anymore, but it's too late. Hal has his own internal power now, doesn't even need the ring, and he's learned that he fights best alone. So he won't be manipulated again, and he goes off to become the protector. Oh. So he's going to lead the Teen Titans and teach kids to not do drugs? <laughs> teach the kids right? not to do drugs. Um, anyway, so that's what ended up happening. But then they, they – uh, so so – they were talking about, you know, basically like, uh, well, you know, maybe we'll use issue 50 to turn everything upside down, bring in a new Green Lantern and give Hal an indefinite break and get back to some basic stories. But then Denny O'Neill, who was Kevin Dooley's boss at the time, uh, along with Levitz and Mike Carlin, didn't feel that it was a big enough deal to turn around readers' perceptions of what by then had been a lousy comic for about a year uh, particularly if the writer stayed the same. So um, Denny said, you know, sometimes the market has to see that a complete creative shift is occurring, including the creative team. And so that, so basically, he who shall not be named got canned off the book, and uh, and they were and um, they had like a plotting session. Uh, Paul Levitz, Mike Carlin, Denny O'Neill, Archie Goodwin and Kevin Dooley, and they came up, they hammered out the whole plot and uh, and handed it to Ron Mars because he was kind of up and coming at the time and he had worked with Starlin, so he had a bit of a cosmic resume happening. So huh. the Protector was a working title that was in the proposal. <laughs> wow. Uh, so there was going to be a new younger GL um, but it wasn't going to be, and so Hal was going to be out and maybe would have popped in every now and then, uh, and that sort of thing is sort of the, um, you know, the elder statesman. Um, but so, you know, they, but they're like, okay, so we've, ha- we've fired this guy off the title and we got to come up with something and we've like done this whole thing. Like we've solicited this break the bat death of Superman <laughs> Green Lantern story. And uh, so they turned to uh, to Ron Mars to, to do it. He says, I got a call late on a Friday night offering me the book. Uh, he said, I'd actually been down in New York for the day at the Marvel offices. I came home. My wife and I went out for dinner. And I guess around nine o'clock the phone rings. And it's Kevin Dooley uh, offering me the job. Um Carlin, uh, Goodwin, and O'Neill were in the room, as well as Eddie Braganza, who was Kevin's assistant at the time. And he says, and I think Levitz might have been there, too. Uh, Kevin said he wanted me to take over GL because the book needed a fresh direction. There it is. I was excited because I always <laughs> thought that Hal was a pretty cool character, and I love that costume. And then the other <laughs> shoe drop. Kevin explained what was planned, essentially removing Hal from the book and replacing him with the Green Lantern that I would create. Pretty serious stuff. The real kicker. And I swear to God, this is true. I was wearing a Hal T-shirt when I got the call. It was one of those pocket T-shirts from the Warner Brothers stores. I still have it. Um, so Mars takes over the book with the with the with that plot, and and uh, and that and basically, you know, he had kind of a, like a detailed plot that he was working with, and um, and uh, and he had to go and write it. One of my favorite parts of the story. Um, is where he talks about uh, about writing it and how he had a really short time to write it, and um, and it and it, it it essentially gave him uh, like like there's a reason that it came out by three different artists 
because they had to get them all in production at the same time because they just didn't have time. And um, and he said, uh, he says, you know, uh, he talked about the backlash and everything. And he says, oh, no doubt. Dance. it was huge. Oh, yeah. It's all And everyone blamed him. It's like this horror. You got to come in with this idea. It's like I was told what to do. And he says, the truth is, if I hadn't written Emerald Twilight, someone else would have. And the yep. story would have been substantially the same. He says, it's by no means an effort to pass the blame. I did write those stories. And if you don't like them, feel free to blame me because, yeah, my name's in the credit box. But the, the reality is, is like uh, he said, um, it was a gutsy move by DC at the time to effect permanent change, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, I'm one of your top characters is brave. I liked Hal as a character. I still do. But he'd been badly handled for a number of years uh, prior to that. And he says, I can remember uh, picking up the... Um, first few issues of what was then the new GL series and coming away just not caring because Hal seemed like a wuss wandering the country searching for whatever this was a fearless <laughs> test pilot so yeah uh, but yeah the book was late the planned issues had been pulled and things had to get moving right now so I wrote my first three issues at the same time that's why there were three different artists on them I remember writing part of issue 48 between sets at a Peter Gabriel concert I just had to find a quiet place where I could steal a few minutes to write <laughs> oh, so that, there we go that makes sense because I'm looking at Mike's Amazing World now for like the new stand of what was coming out at the time so yeah Ron Mars had been writing Silver Surfer so yeah he was used to doing yeah. cosmic type stuff and also, and I wonder if maybe this had part of the do with, well, I mean, maybe not the earlier issues, but why maybe had been the title been lacking for last year? Because Ultraverse is starting right now, and He Should Not Be Named did have a couple of titles in there. Huh. Well, there was a lot going on, right? And there was, um, yeah, yeah, so that's I'm sorry right. His attention right. was more on this, these new books that he was creating, this new series and universe that, according to rumors, you know, he was going to get a bigger percentage of, and maybe that was taking more of his attention away than the work for hire stuff absolutely absolutely and i mean that's you know that uh, it was a it was a big it was a big and busy time in, in comics uh so uh so you can get where it's like yeah i've got other things to focus on <laughs> so anyway i i uh, appreciate mo sending us that that little insight yeah, into uh it, 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 you know into green lantern so yes those subplots that we were observing uh uh, they were never gonna get the, never gonna get their due. <laughs> Best we don't. Uh, I mean, will we pay attention to them next week? Oh yeah. Yeah, they'll probably show up. <laughs> Are we gonna care? Probably not. We we'll just create our own ending for them. There we go. Exactly. That's exactly what we'll do. So anyway. Alrighty, that sounds cool. It was great to kind of hear all that stuff. Yeah, because it was yeah, all news to me, man. It's now, uh, you know, next thing you know, uh, he'll he'll end up being monarch or something. Well, it's his turn, I think. <laughs> you just know they're all sitting in the hall of justice, playing spin the bottle, and whoever the bottle lands on, okay, you get, you to, be get to become the next monarch. Fire <laughs> storm, you're a monarch this week. Oh my god, that would be perfect. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> yes, totally. Is it I don't know, maybe it's just me, but as we're reading this issue and they're talking again about how, you know, is Maltus, you know, the people from Maltus became the Owens and the controllers, and obviously a bunch of them didn't because there's still people living there. Yeah. 
it kind of reminds I don't know whether it's coincidence or if there was, it was ever done intentionally like that, but it reminds me of the whole Kirby with the Eternals where, you know, you have the Earth humans and then, like, you have the Eternals coming from that and the Deviants and then also regular humans still there. It just kind of yeah. feels like that for some reason. Although, I don't know really, like, which one would be the Eternals and which ones would be the Deviants. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that is true. I do not know. And it's like, we both done bad, horrible things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, All right. All right. Time to wrap it up. <laughs> All right, folks, you too can tell us uh, stories of uh, yesteryear in uh, comics history uh, by reaching out to us at uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. Uh, you can post to our our Facebook group, and uh, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And uh, in addition to that, you can head over to the website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. All right. That is it. We will see you all next. W-E-E-K. L-A-T-E-R. M-A-R-S-I-N-L-E-A-T. We were just talking about Ron Mars. (laughs) He gets his own sign-off? Yes, he does. (laughs) Yes, because he was writing Silver Surfer, too, you know. Yeah. (laughs) See, there we go. Perfect. And I mean, it's right there in the name, Mars. Of course, it's from, the, the it's from the Zen Law just, uh, dialect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>